Masechet Nedarim Daf Samech Chet. We're talking about the law that a Na'ara Mhameodasa, a girl, let's say she's 12 years old, and her father marries her off, so she does Kiddushin only. She's still living in her father's home, awaiting too for the Nisuin, at which point she will move in with her husband. If she takes a vow at that point, what is the law? This was not explicitly stated in the Pesukim, so we know the law from the Mishnah is that both the father and the husband both have to un, uh, um, uh, annul the vow in order for it to be annulled, right? She is tied to both her father and her, um, and her call it the groom, her husband, future husband. Um, so how do we know that? We saw one derivation yesterday. That was in the name of Rabbah. Uh, that's what we saw yesterday. Uh, but some versions have Rava uh, with an Aleph, which we're going to see today. So Rabbah or Rava, uh, learn it from the series of these three laws. And uh, since it says, So we understand that to be Kiddushin. And so the first paragraph teaches us that the father annuls. And the second paragraph teaches that the husband husband annuls, and we understood this to be talking about the same case, and therefore is teaching that both the father and the husband have to be there and annul. All right, that was the derivation of Rava. But now we're going to see a second derivation. So this, from the school of Rabbi Ishmael, we learn it not from the three cases here, but rather from the summary pasuk all the way at the end of the chapter that says this is the laws that Hashem commanded Moshe regarding vows between a man and his wife and between a father and his daughter when she is a ne'ara in her father's house. Uh, so where um, Rabbi Ishmael is learning that this this entire pasuk is talking about a case when she's a ne'ara in her father's house and she is has kiddushin to another guy. In that case, you need ishli ishta, you need the husband to annul it, and also the father to annul it. That's it, just this pasuk, and leave the rest alone. All we need is this pasuk to derive this law. All right, so that's an easy, clean derivation. Now we ask, Well, in that case, what is, since you learn everything from this, this pasuk, then what is this case here, right? I mean, we know in the father's house, uh, meaning if she's unmarried, the father does it alone. When she's fully married and living in her husband's house, then the husband does it alone. But then what would this case be? And that, doesn't that sound like a case of Kiddushin? And so you already know from here that in the case where she has Kiddushin, but she's a Nada, she, then she's, you need both. So what will this law come to teach you teach us according to the Bishmael? And the answer is Mokim Leidach Derava. This is needed for the other law of Rava. This is a law we're gonna see in a couple of Dapim. This law says that this if this Naadama Orasa um, who was in her father's house, she made a vow and then the groom died. 
uh, and the groom didn't, didn't ratify the vow. He, let's say he didn't say anything. He died. And now, if, if you want to, if she wants to, uh, in order for that vow to be annulled, the father can do it alone. Right? And we're going to see this further. Uh, since uh, when, when they're both alive, the father and the husband have to do it. If the husband dies, uh, then the father alone can annul it. Um, that's what we need this pasuk for, right? That the father alone can do it. That's what it's teaching. Okay, we're going to see later how it teaches that. Um, okay, and how about Rava? What is he going to do with the pasuk all the way at the end of the parasha? That's an extra pasuk. What is he going to use that? To, what is he going to learn from that? Rava, by the way, he learns, he's going to, he actually learns two things from Hayo Tihiyeh. Since you have two words here, you can actually learn both, that when the husband is alive, the husband and the father have to annul it. If the husband dies, then the father alone can do it. So he just uses, the, he uses this pasuk for double duty, because there are two words. So what is he going to do with this pasuk at the end, which is simply extra? And the answer is, This teaches that a husband uh, can only annul vows that has to do that where the content is has to do with their relationship. A husband does not have power, uh, authority over his wife for everything. If she says, "I vow." I'm not going to read any more Stephen King novels. They're too scary for me. He has no right to say, I know that vow. You have to read them. This is her own personal decision. It has no effect on him. Right? Only things that will affect the marriage, like if she says, um, I'm not going to your parents' house. Um, and uh, or, or, or um, um, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to cook dinner. So things that relate to the marriage relate to him. Those he can undo, but things that are a personal uh, uh, prerogative he cannot undo. So that's what we learned from this pasuk. Since it says Ben Ishli Ishto, only if the content is related to the relationship between the husband and wife, only then can he uh, does he have a right to annul it. The Rishonim wonder. The Gemara doesn't say what about father and daughter. Does that uh, a limitation also apply? Can a father annul any? vow of his uh, young daughter or is that also only if it affects their relationship but the daughter says right i'm not gonna get you your slippers anymore dad right so that affects him he can undo that uh but if she says something that's just about herself um, uh, then she, then the father cannot do it. So that's that's a good question. But for sure, regarding husband and wife, uh, that uh, is um, uh, that's only if it's related to the relationship. All right. So now that we got those two derivations down, we have a question, and uh, this uh, the answer to this question is going to take us all the way till the end of the daf. The question is, let's say a husband only nullifies the vow and the father did not yet nullify, did not nullify the vow. Could be the other way around also, but we're asking it just this way. Oh, so what is the status of what's left of the vow? Is it megaz gaiz? Lagoz means to, to shear or to cut. Um, does it cut the vow in half? And so now she has only half of a vow? Um, because right, she needs two people to annul it, so now it's half. Or do we say maklish kalish that it weakens it the entirety to fifty percent? Uh, in other words, uh, uh, to give an analogy, if you have a house and you have two heaters in the house, right? If they're both working, then the whole house is nice and warm. 
if one of them breaks, well, it depends how it's set up. Uh, does the front of the house get cold and the back of the house is fully hot? Right? That would be megaz gaiz, right? That half of the vow is zero and half of it is 100%. Or are the two boilers intermixed uh, such that if one breaks, then the entire house will be only half hot. It will be only 50% of, uh, of the heat available. So that would be the miklish kalish, that she has a vow um, on her, the entirety of the vow is still valid, but it's a weakened form of it. Uh, so here we're going to give an example of an actual vow. So what would be a case where this would apply? She says, I'm not going to eat two olives. It could be olives or olives worth. All right, I'm not going to eat uh, two kizetim of carbohydrates. Veshama arus tanun, and then the groom heard about it and said, "I un, I, I undo this vow," and uh, then she goes and eats both olive-sized uh, um, amounts of that bread. Um, and so she eats them. So she violated the vow. So, but but the, it is half uh, undone. So what is the status? If you say it's it cuts it, it's uh, half of it fully applies and half of it is zero. Like half the house is hot and half the house house is cold. Well, then she would still get flogged for one of the kizetim that's sufficient for her to violate the vow and say even though the husband undid half of it so okay one of the olives was permitted but the other other was fully prohibited and so she would get lashes on the fully prohibited one that's why i have to say that she ate both of them let's say we don't know which one is which um so it, even though the husband removes half of the apl- application of the of the vow so that one of the kizetim are permitted and the other olive is prohibited she eats both but that the prohibited one is fully prohibited so in that case she would get lashes that would be megaz gaiz but but if we say that but the husband annulling the vow but the father still didn't annul the vow that reduces the entire application to 50 percent right so it applies to everything but in a weakened form well since it's a weakened form she does not get lashes at all uh, because the the vow is now too weak to deserve lashes but is still prohibited um, so this is merely a prohibition. The prohibition applies to both, um, but it's too weak because half of it was undone by by the husband. So that would be where the entire house is only at fifty percent heating. All right. So that's the question. My, we want to know the answer. Um, the answer is going to be it's a machloket between Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai, and we're going to see that from the end of the following beraita. But first, we have to go through this long beraita. The beraita is going to present five cases. Um, the cases are have only very subtle differences, um, so it's worth introducing actually with the Mishnah that's going to come up in a couple of Dapim that gives the basic law. The basic law is that the father has more power over the daughter than the husband does, such that should the husband die, then the right, she makes a vow when they're both alive, then the husband dies. The father, in most cases, can annul the vow uh, completely without the husband. Since he died, now that right 
that um, authority reverts to the father and the father can undo the whole thing. That is generally true in most cases, but the other way around is not true. If she makes a vow when they're both alive and then the father dies, the husband does not have the right, right? That authority that the father had does not transfer over to the husband, and so therefore the husband cannot alone annul the vow. That's the basic principle, but we're going to see it applied in, a, in five different cases. So here we go. Tashema. When did we say, it's quoting the Mishnah, which said that the, if the husband dies, then his authority uh, reverts, right, is emptied out and goes to the father. So when the husband dies, the father has all the authority. Well, that's true. Bizman kodem sheyamut umet bobayom. It could apply in three different cases when uh could be when the husband didn't even hear about the vow and he died so he didn't hear about the vow he had no chance to do anything he dies the authority goes to the father or he did hear about it but he was quiet or he heard and he annulled and he died on that day these two cases should be switched around i'll show you in the couple of manuscripts that we have it's the other it's the the orders in the other way um is first um that makes sense uh, so the second case is where um he did hear about it and he annulled it and he died well then that's an easy that's that should be easier if where he didn't even hear about it at all uh, the a reverse to the father when he hears about it annuls it and dies and certainly it was already annulled we're going to see that when someone annuls it and dies then the annulment isn't really good anymore and it has to be redone um, because it wasn't annulled both at the same time um, but here certainly it would be better and so the reverse to the father the third case is that he did hear about it and he was quiet now if the husband heard about it and is, and was quiet and the day passes, then it will stick. But we're talking about a case where the day passed, the day did not yet pass. That's why you have to switch around the order. So it will be Osha Shama Vehefad. And the third case, Osha Shama Veshatak Umet Bobayom. So he was, he did hear about it at 11 a.m. He didn't say anything about it and he died at 2 p.m. Still the same day. If maybe if it was, since he, if, if he were alive, maybe he would have uh, annulled it at 3 p.m. So just the fact, the fact that he was quiet until he died does not prove that he would not have undone it. And so his, his shitika, his being, his not, his being quiet, it still leaves it up in the air. And so in any of those cases, the, once he dies, the father can alone annul the vow. And that is the case that the Mishnah mentioned. If the husband dies, then the, power, the authority all goes to the father. That's the first case. Aval, im shama vekiyem, osher shama veshatak, umet bayom shela acharav, en yachol lehafed. However, even a father's authority is limited in the following case. If the husband heard about it and he ratified it. Remember we said yesterday that that's another option, right? Uh, the husband can, the, the groom here, can hear about it and say, oh, that's a good vow. I authorize it, right? And so once he did that, then the father will, and he dies, then the father will not be able to undo it. Or if he heard about it and was quiet 
And then the day passed, and he only died on the next day. Since he did not uh, null it on the day that he heard about it, then it takes effect. That's like ratification. And from then on, the fa- even if he dies, the husband dies, the father cannot undo it. All right, now case number two. Shama aviha vehefed la velohi spigba lishmoa ad av. So she makes a vow while they're both alive. The father hears it, and the father annulled it. But the husband did not yet hear about it, and meanwhile the father died. This would be the other case in that very same Mishnah, that when the father dies, it does not transfer over to the husband. Because the husband didn't even hear about it, so he, uh, the, the um, possibility of him nullifying it at the same time did not even come up. And so the father, even though the father did nullify it um, uh, while, while he was alive, but we saw yesterday that they have to nullify it at the same time. Doesn't mean that exactly exactly the same time, but within the time this within the same time frame, because the husband didn't even know about it at the time that the husband uh, that the father annulled it. So that's not within the same time frame, right? The husband didn't wasn't the husband was not even aware of it. In that case, even though the father died, that's it. It sticks. Uh, yeah, even though the father annulled it. And he died. Nevertheless, the husband has no authority over annulling the vow. Third case, Shema Ba'ala Vehefer La Velohi Spika Av Lishmoa Al Shemetabal Zohi Shashaninu Metabal Nitrokena Reshut Laav. The third case is the opposite of the second, where the husband heard about it, and the husband annulled it, and the father never heard about it. And meanwhile, the husband died. So she makes a vow while they're both alive. Only the husband hears about it, annuls it right away, and dies. And then the father hears about it. So in this case, even though uh, uh, the father did not hear about it until after the, hus- the death of the husband, and so he, he, you know, it was not within the same time period, doesn't matter. The, this is another application of the husband dying and the authority all goes to the father. That's the power of the father. The father is, has more authority over the daughter. She's living in his house. And so, once the husband dies, that's it, he's gone out of the picture, and the father can then um, do the annulment for both of them um, once he's dead. All right, that was the third case, and now the fourth one. Shama ba'ala vehefer la, velo ispika av lishmoa ad shemet, en ha'ba'al yachol la'afer, she'en ha'ba'al mefer, ela beshutafut. So, now the husband uh, learned about the vow, and the husband annulled it. But the father did not hear about it before he, the father, died. Um, in that case, the husband cannot undo it. Now, even though the husband already undid, already undid it, but the father never did. And now the father is dead. And so this is a case where the, the husband cannot undo it because he can only undo it in partnership. Um, so once again, she makes a vow while both of them are alive. Uh, the husband hears about it and undoes it, but the father never heard about it. And he died, so then certainly he had no possibility of uh, of annulling it, and he never and, and he never did annul it, and he died. So that's it. the um, The authority of the father does not transfer to the husband. And finally, Shama Aviha Vehefer La. She makes a vow when they're both alive. The father hears about it, annuls it. Veloy speak Abali Shmoa Ad Shemet, 
and, but the husband did not hear about it. And meanwhile, the husband died. So, in this case, the father annuls it a second time on behalf of the husband. Right? So, it's not like when the husband dies, then it's, it's like he never existed. No, that's not true. Um, because she made the vow, when both of them were alive, both of them would have to annul it. And the fact that the husband, well, didn't, he didn't even hear about it, and he died, but nevertheless, his share, he still has a share in it, but that share, tr- share transfers to the father. And even though the father annulled it already while the husband was alive, he would still need to um, uh, uh, nullify it again um, in order to nullify the share of the deceased groom. That's one opinion. This, what we just said here, that's only the opinion of Bet Shammai that says that the father can um, uh, nullify it a second time on behalf of the husband and then it's nullified. However, not everybody agrees. Bet Hillel says, no, the father cannot nullify it in this case. He, even though he nullified his share, but the other share that belonged to the husband, and he never even heard about the vow, and he died, that the father cannot do. Okay, so now this is what we were waiting for. So we can derive from this that according to Bet Shemai, um, it's uh, it's cut in half, right? It's half the half the building is hot, half the building is cold, and so to here. When the father annulled the vow, he annulled his half. Okay, that's completely annulled. And then the husband still has to annul the other half, but he died. When he dies, that full power vow over half of the item transfers to the father, and the father can then annul the other, fi- the other half. That would work, and that's why he can do it again. But Betty Lel, who says you cannot nullify, why not? Well, here's why. When uh, they're both alive and the father annuls it, he reduces the whole thing to 50%. Okay, very good. But the, only the husband can reduce the rest, the, the other, the 50% uh, across the whole thing down to zero. If the husband dies without having nullified it, then there is no transfer. The vow is not even uh, powerful enough to go and transfer over to the father because it's just too weak. It's like hardly even a vow. You wouldn't even get lashes for it. But there is still a prohibition. Um, so uh, kind of paradoxically, because it's so weak, it cannot transfer, um, transfer over to the father. And therefore, the father cannot undo the rest of the 50% um, strength of the vow, and so that would be the opinion of Betilel. So that's the answer to our question that we asked. It's Machok Bet Shemai Betilel Shema Minah. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. Ve Amen.